Let's say you have an HVAC technician at your house doing maintenance or some kind of repair. They come upstairs. They tell you, I got some bad news. You have a cracked heat exchanger. You immediately flash back to the episode of Dateline that you saw last year about how crooked contractors will tell people that they have a cracked heat exchanger just to get them to replace it. Now, you don't want your family to be in danger, but you also don't want to be taken for a ride. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of In the House. What to do if someone says you have a cracked heat exchanger. Let's go. In the House is an Any Hour Services podcast where we talk about things homeowners should know when it comes to maintaining and repairing their homes. I'm Mike Wilson, and I'm joined today by Richard and Kevin. They are managers over the HVAC service, tune-up, and install departments at Any Hour Services. You guys ready to talk about this? I'm ready. Yes, sir. All right. Well, first off, let's do some basic education. What is a furnace heat exchanger? So your heat exchanger is essentially the tin can that Mike always refers to if you've ever listened to the show. Where should, I, should I just tell them? To do, do your, yeah. So the way that we heat our homes is very similar to the way that we used to. I mean, we pipe all of the gas into this metal cabinet in the basement and light it on fire. And then we just hope that the heat gets where it needs to go with some fans and stuff. I think yeah. that my favorite part about that is when you say light it on fire. Yeah. Like, that's it the, sounds just, so dramatic, yeah, like, right? <laughs> that's what I love about it. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, you know <laughs> what? You were told not to play with matches because you might light something on fire. <laughs> Meanwhile, mom and dad's lighting things on fire in the basement to keep us warm. You know <laughs> what? It's It can definitely be intense. Yeah. Combustion. Okay, so heat exchanger. So, like you're saying, the tin can. For lack of a better way to kind of put it, it's kind of a, a tube, right, that draws air through it, draws the gas into it. In that process, it's mixing gas and oxygen, lights it on fire, sends it out through the flue that goes out your house, and then it heats that metal that it's made out of up. We then have a fan that turns on and blows air around the heat exchanger, right? Yep, blows it and across there. Exactly. And that, in turn, heats that air up, and that's what gets blown around the house. Right. So you got this really hot piece of metal. You blow cold air across it. The air is warm, and that's the warm air that's pushed out to the house. Yeah, so essentially heats up the, heats up the metal while safely sending the flue gases through the middle of it right. up and out the roof, right, or yep. the side of the house, however. And uh, that's how it ends up heating up the air that gets blown across Kay. the heat exchanger. So, sounds pretty simple. What's so bad about getting a crack in your heat exchanger? Well, real quick, for those who are listening to it, you guys just missed Kevin's whole hand demonstrations of explaining. Like, this was, I was rather enjoying watching Kevin explain this with his hands. I should have conducted orchestras. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> okay, so what's, so what's the big deal about a crack in a heat exchanger? So, when Kevin was talking about the tubular and the pipe and it goes the exhaust goes out the roof we want to make sure all those exhaust end up out the roof and not inside your airstream of your ductwork that's the reason it's so important is we don't get those cracks is it can end up inside the airstream of your ductwork so inside the heat exchanger is where all of the co and the the yes. gases and things like that that you should not be breathing mm-hmm. are making their way out of the house yes mm-hmm. and if there's a crack in that heat exchanger there is a transfer of those gases into the air that's blowing through the house and can you can breathe those dangerous gases and if it's bad enough i mean you hear about you know 
co whatever mm-hmm. right it's very similar to a car you have a car engine and the exhaust pipe all that exhaust is supposed to go out the tail end mm. and if you have a crack somewhere in your exhaust pipe it's going to go somewhere where it shouldn't be going it's oh. very similar to that that reminds me of an old uh my 1980 cj5 got a crack in the uh exhaust manifold and uh every day when i would like go to school i had to wear an extra flannel shirt over the top of what I was wearing so that it absorbed all of the exhaust smell that was in the car. <laughs> and so then when I would go in the in high school, I'd take that off and leave it in the Jeep. And it was really bad in the winter when you were in this little confined bubble. Yeah, it's very similar to that. It's designed to go to one area. If you have a crack, it's going to go. It could potentially go somewhere else. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay, so um, let's. how does, or not how does, but like is there anything specific that like, causes this is there one main cause of cracked heat exchangers you know the the biggest cause of it for sure is going to be heat right your furnace is designed to heat and we just talked about heating up that metal well expansion contraction you know you heat up something and it's going to expand it cools down it shrinks and you do that enough times and anybody who's ever taken a wire and bent it back and forth, it starts to get hot and then it breaks. Like a paper clip or yeah, something. Yeah, like a paper clip, okay. exactly. If you have some overheating, it's going to be a big contributing factor to that. Now, yeah, that's, so a good, good thing to bring up is that they're designed to last a long time, right? And so if they're installed well and you've got the right kind of airflow, they're designed to run within certain temperatures, right? So if you're not replacing your filter, you know, one of the big ones, and it it hasn't got the airflow going across it. Mm-hmm. This is when these kinds of things can start happening because it's running too hot. So it's designed to heat up a certain amount yes. and expand a little bit, but then when there's not enough airflow going across it from any kind of restriction, dirty filters, vents, closed, whatever, or dirty evaporator coil, it's not getting enough air. It doesn't cool it off enough, so it heats up past the engineering like recommendation and the metal expands more than it should yes. and weakens it. Is mm-hmm. that what happens? Yeah. So how often does this happen? Like how often do you come across like cracked heat exchangers? Uh, we, we run a lot of calls. Uh, I don't have like a hard data, but I would guess somewhere around 10%. Mm-hmm. Of Cause our I calls. mean, we, we hear all the time about how common dirty air filters are, right? I would, I would assume that if, dirty air filters cause a lack of airflow and lack of airflow leads to overheating when the furnace is running that there have to be a certain amount of cracked heat exchangers out there are okay um so if a homeowner is told that they have a cracked heat exchanger how are they supposed to know like like how do you verify this there's a couple different ways um one, I think most people believe with their eyes themselves, you know, uh, make sure you get, you know, your own eyes on the crack itself or a picture or something. And, you know, make sure that you can see it for yourself and you know, it's your, your furnace. And well, I'm glad you said picture because like, it's, it's like when you, uh, you know, get a really close up version of, of something and then you zoom further out and you realize what the image is like getting a really close up version of a crack in a heat exchanger, like how somebody supposed to know that that's their furnace. Because I mean, I've, those are the stories that you hear that episode of Dateline that you were watching, or I'm not trying to put Dateline on blast, but whatever that little, you know, thing is, they tell the story that like, Oh, look, you know, so-and-so contractor comes out and they show you a picture. It's not even of your furnace. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, that does happen in our industry sometimes. Uh, you know, if that's the case and, you know, you haven't, you didn't see the technician take the actual picture, uh, you know, hand them your phone and have them take a picture with your phone. Or a lot of technicians have cameras, you know, that get a camera and it's live feed. You can sit and watch it right while it's happening. Uh, you know, just ask the technician to see it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, we want to make sure that you're comfortable with what you're seeing. So go with the technician. Yeah. Um and, and figure out a way to like get that. Some of these cameras now, actually you can, the technician can be downstairs in with the camera and you can be viewing it for, from upstairs. They have a kind of a Bluetooth enabled feature. Oh, that's cool. So I have one on my camera. I can do that. I can have someone in another room be holding my phone and I can be zooming in on it and see it. Well, I guess that's the thing is that you can't, it's not always easy for a customer to get wherever the furnace is, if it's in a crawl space or an attic and they're, they have limited mobility or something. But I mean, I'm, I think some people like think like, oh, the furnace is in a nice convenient equipment room that's easy to get to and stuff. So, so. what I, what we've done before in situations like that, a crawl mm -hmm. space or something like that, we'll just take a camera like our, maybe ours from our phone and just say, hey, we're at the you know, the Anderson residence here and take a video of the whole thing. And, you know, here's our crawl space. And I'm at the Anderson residence. That's a zoom good. in on this. And then we zoom in on it. It's like, that's kind of hard to duplicate. Correct. That's, that's a, that's a great way to do it. I know they do that sometimes. That's a best practice when you're, uh, cameraing a, a sewer line, like, mm -hmm. you know, the, since start, it's a live start feed, start out showing a picture of your face and the customer's face and, and then send it down the line so that there's no way to, to fake that. That's good. Yeah, we want to make sure you're comfortable with the, you know, what we're the information we're getting you. So, and hopefully you've done some due diligence beforehand and got somebody reputable out there. Right. You know. So I knew I know one of the frustrations with uh, a homeowner. Number one, they probably weren't expecting it, but then I hear all the time that like, okay, you find a cracked heat exchanger, you shut the system off, and people feel like, oh, that's such a manipulative tactic to try and get me to make a decision on like something on replacing it because it's a cold night you come out here and you you say you found a crack and now you won't turn the furnace back on and you're sitting there trying to freak me out why is oh first off is that something that is just a tactic or are you supposed to leave the system off when you find a crack well, we don't want to scare anybody. That's not what our uh, our goal and our intention is. is we want to make sure to protect the, you know, you as a homeowner and a family. Um, for our own safety and your safety, we want to make sure that furnace is safe. So what we're personally going to do is we're just going to turn the power switch off. We're not going to disable or anything like that. Um, you know, your local gas company, they may come out and red tag your furnace, and then, you know, they will be the ones that really shut it down. But really just for your own safety, we're going to shut it down. If, you know, you want to take that risk, like that's – your responsibility, your, your obligation. You were telling me about like some uh, organizations that actually have recommendations and like why, like why, why is it so like you can look that up, Richard, and read it for us. But like, why is it so important, uh, Kevin, that you like, what's the big potential danger? I mean, you didn't know that you had the crack and you find one, like obviously they weren't dying from this thing. Like, why is it so important? Why is it recommended to shut the thing down or not turn it back on? So the, the big word in there is potential, mm. you know, you potentially could have carbon monoxide happen, be created somewhere down there at your furnace. Right. Um, when you have the crack, I mean, they, they'll call it a breach. And so a breach between the bad gases that are on the inside and the good air that's around the outside. I mean, it doesn't take rocket scientists to know that that's 
I mean, that sounds bad. Do we mix those together? We don't want that blowing around the house or blowing out the front of the furnace, which is a lot of what can happen, you know? Um, and it's not so much that, hey, my furnace is making, producing carbon dioxide right now, but it's that it doesn't take much for it to start producing carbon monoxide, right? Um, you've got these little uh, openings on most furnaces called venturi where your oxygen uh, gas mixture happens. And let's say your furnace is down in a room, laundry room, crawl space, attic where dust particles, whatever else, all it takes is those things getting plugged up a bit. All of a sudden your ratio is off. Carbon monoxide is a byproduct of incomplete combustion, which means it's being starved of oxygen or, or something is off in it. Right. And so just because my furnace isn't producing it now, it doesn't take a whole lot for it to start later. Mm. You know what I mean? And which just going to throw this in there is one of the reasons why it's a good idea to do routine maintenance. So you get someone in there doing a tune up and maybe you don't know that there's a crack, maybe it's somewhere you can't see it. And so they can go through and make sure those things are clean and clear and that you can prevent something from happening. When you were saying, when you drew attention to the word potential, uh, I mean, there's a ton of liability if you put someone in a dangerous situation and, you know, God forbid, worst case scenario, someone actually dies or people start getting sick or like whatever, like, you know, they start looking at like, well, who's, who's responsible for this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still, I mean, it happens like, every winter we see, you know, a family that does have the unfortunate, you know, of that happening and we don't want that. And I, well, I was thinking of like, if you did take a paper clip and you started bending it back and forth, which bend is the one that causes it to break? Can you predict that? And probably can't. And so turning that thing back on, what if that time when it heats up and it expands, that's when something happens. So like, I get that, but like, what, so what's, how does the, what is the organization that like governs this and tells us to do something? American Gas Associ Association. Oh my goodness. They state any visible crack or hole discovered in this process uh, during a repair tune-up is required for replacement of the heat exchangers. So the heat exchangers can be replaced, and that could be a possibility, but definitely not something we want to be having an operable system with a crack. There's also another one, Air Conditioning, Heating, and Refrigeration Institute. Uh, if there's any abnormal splits, cracks, or holes, the heat exchanger must be replaced. Got it. Well, that there's a good point. And I remember you guys telling me something about uh, – Furnaces usually have a pretty hefty warranty on the heat exchanger yeah. itself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, depending on which furnace it is, the original owner and a few things, yeah, it could have a warranty on it. So this is this is one of those things when I'm on the radio talking to people, I always tell people, be cautious of a company that comes in and says, your, only your furnace is in such bad shape, your only option is to replace it. Like even right there with those organizations, it doesn't say, you know, if you see a crack or blemish in the heat exchanger, replace the furnace. It says replace the heat exchanger. And so if someone comes out, they should be giving you options because now you were telling me also like, what all goes into replacing the heat yeah, exchanger? It's a, it's a big process. You know, we're rebuilding a, a furnace and we're rebuilding part of it, not the entire thing. So, I mean, we can fix anything as long as we can get parts. And mm -hmm. sometimes we do run into that where parts are not available. But you have to like essentially, like you, the heat exchanger sits behind oh, everything, yeah. Yeah. right? It's it's the very most inner part. So you're all those little pieces on the front, you're taking every single one of them out. 
And it's, then, a, it's like the heat exchanger is in the middle and then they build everything around it. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so you got to like take all that stuff out of the way yeah. in order to replace mm-hmm. that heat exchanger. Sometimes on older furnaces, you get messed in with some of those parts on the inside and it doesn't take much of a jarring to mm. to put them over the edge too, you know? So, I mean, there's some things to take into consideration when you're gotcha. making the decisions of what you want to do. Gotcha. So, I mean, as if you can imagine that, like taking everything apart on your furnace and putting it back together it can get pricey as far as a repair goes less expensive than replacing a furnace, but you have to start weighing, you know, what's the best move for you. Yeah. Cause if it costs two grand to replace the heat exchanger and six grand for a new furnace, but guess what? All you have is two grand like, and you have to like heat, keep your family warm. You might make that choice, but no one should come um come into your house and try and manipulate you into making a decision that isn't right for you. Yeah. It's your decision, whatever you want to do. So I know that not all companies are like any hour services. And from my experience visiting a bunch of companies, most of them aren't, but uh, you know, I, I know that we have put in place uh, internal processes and procedures to, not only protect the homeowner from this, but also to protect, you know, the company from, you know, putting someone in a, a, a situation uh, that could be potentially harmful. Tell me about what our process is, or what any hour services process is when we come across a crack in a heat exchanger. So we have a pretty good in-depth process of the most important thing we're going to do is we're going to be, you know, sitting down with you and, you know, showing you that, hey, it is a crack and give it, making you feel comfortable that, hey, it is a real thing. But our technicians, the pictures that they show you, they're going to be GPS stamped. So they know that they were taken at your house, your time. So it's not something that they Googled or took from another picture. It's going to be your furnace. And then we have a form that we fill out just educating, like, here's the, you know, those statements that I read. They're going to be on that form and letting you know. And then we're going to have another person come out and take a second companion look, and they're going to verify that it is indeed cracked. So we have someone that is more experienced in verifying those cracks because I mean typically a supervisor yeah right when you're running maintenances and repairs I mean those are well maintenances can be uh you know beginning positions as you're beginning your career in HVAC and so we want to make sure we're supporting them and giving them additional training as well and uh I mean I've heard technicians before that are like hey this is what I'm seeing I want to get someone out here that's more experienced. I'd like to get a supervisor out here to verify what I'm seeing because here's the potential, right? Yeah. And so how is that received by homeowners? Like, do they, because again, like I go back to like, if someone's only experience and what they've heard about a cracked heat exchanger is the, the nightly news that they heard about the sting operation, they've got a lot of, you say, Hey, you got a cracked heat exchanger. Their minds could go somewhere really quick. Like how well does this process work? I, with our process, it's pretty good. Like most of our customers, like it's very rare that we have someone really not, you know, see that we've taken the time. We're willing to spend the time and the process to go through this. Um, it's not something we just come up and say, Hey, you're cracked. You're done. Like we have a, you know, we want to spend the time with the customer, whatever that means, you know, take them down to the furnace, have them involved, show them with the camera or whatever they want. Like we, we get pretty good success rate with that. And we don't take it lightly. I mean, this is a big deal. Right. You know what I mean? Rip, doing that kind of repair or replacement is a big deal. And so we do, we give it the, the gravity that it needs. Um, and we've had this go both ways. We've had it where the second opinion, our supervisor will go out and we've had it to where they look and they're like, Hey, no, that looks like it's just a mark or whatever else. And been able to just continue on with whatever the maintenance was. 
but you know, how nice is that to have that peace of mind afterwards to know that, Hey, you know, we were good or yeah, we do have a legit issue. That's awesome. Um, now I'm assuming that, okay, so we've heard that like, if you find something, you can't turn the thing back on or you shouldn't be turning the thing back on. It's a cold winter day. Temperatures are in the teens. How fast does someone, is someone able to come out and actually verify if this is a, a crack or not? We can get them out right away. Right away. Yeah. So yes. technicians out there, they see the thing, they start the process, they make a call, dispatch is able to send a supervisor because that's a higher priority yeah. and we get somebody out there. It, it's really nice to get that second person out there while the first one is there ah. even. Sometimes that doesn't always work out, but you know, just to be able to help pinpoint. We've been, Tri cracks, they're tricky to find sometimes. We've, we've had instances where we've actually removed the heat exchanger and set it on the you know kitchen counter or table or something like that and had a homeowner see it because they were, you know, a little cautious. It's like, yeah, we're happy to spend the time. We'll, we'll tear it apart and show you. Like, we don't have a problem with that. You know, along those lines, I don't know if it's still out there, but one thing that we do any hour-wise is um, if if we've done our process, we have the first and then the second go out and take a look, and then we ultimately replace the furnace, and the customer wants us to help them see the crack afterwards, that if we if it turns out that it wasn't cracked or whatever else, we give them the install for free. You know what I mean? Um, we haven't ever had to do that. So gotcha. we've definitely shown several, but never have had to give one up for free. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, where do you guys sit on, um, like, should someone get a second opinion or I don't know, like where, where are y'all at with that? Kevin? <clears throat> so that's a hard one because, and this is one of the reasons why we developed the system that we have because we do an internal second opinion. Um, if people aren't comfortable, I say, yes, you should always get a second opinion. But this is what I've seen, and that is that not everybody has the same training. And, you know, you take somebody who the bulk of their career has been new construction, putting in ductwork, and now they're looking for a crack in a heat exchanger. They don't have any idea what they're looking at. And uh, I've seen some very bad furnaces get left without any repair because of a second opinion. And I tell you, that just scares the, the daylights out of me when that kind of stuff happens. Um, we have found that uh, it's been actually really good. We've actually been able to help some technicians from other companies and teach them how to look at things and, and where things are at. Because a lot of people just don't even know how to get in and access the areas of the heat exchanger to even look at them. Gotcha. So maybe, so if you get a second opinion and someone comes and says, no, there's no crack I would, if it were me, knowing what I know now, I would probably do two things. One, I would ask that guy, well, what qualifies you to tell mm -hmm. me that? Actually, the first guy, if they say there's a crack, be like, well, what qualifies you to tell me that? The second guy, if they say no, okay, cool. What qualifies you to tell me that? I might go for another opinion if I'm getting like 50-50 advice on something this that's this big of a deal. Because like I said, I mean, you might be spending five, six grand replacing, you know, your furnace or several thousand, you know, a couple thousand to replace the thing. I don't know. But, like, that's so something here, where I'd want to be sure. Here's here's what we've done in the past as well. Uh, if we have, you know, that second opinion, they don't don't come across a crack. Um, if you're a homeowner, I would just, you know, suggest calling back to both companies and have them both meet and have them sit down together. Like, hopefully they can work together. We've had to go back on, you know, with other companies, which we're super happy to do. You know, tear it apart, whatever. Shows like, oh, I, I didn't see that or I missed that or whatever it is. Like hopefully the companies that you call 
they're they're really looking at your best interest. Right. And that's the main thing. We want at the end of the day, and this is what every technician should want, the best for the system for that homeowner. Because I mean it really is. It's it's about safety. So how do you find these companies that you can trust? I I look online, look at the reviews. They've got a lot of reviews, a good rating. Um if you've reach out to some friends, get a reputable, you know, first hand experience, you know, I had a company. But reviews is a big thing. Well, Kevin touched on something a little earlier too, talking about the importance of making sure you're staying up on that, uh, on your annual maintenance. Because in the owner's manual, it says, you know, in addition to the things that you do yourself, like the filter changes and stuff like that, that you should have your system inspected regularly by a properly trained technician. And the reason is, are things just like this? Not only do parts wear out and can uh, one, cause your system to shut down and also cause it to work harder than it should, resulting in you spending more money than you need to heating the home. But you can also find these things preemptively before they become a bigger problem. So there's two things that this annual maintenance does. One, it makes sure that your system is running as well as it can and there's no safety hazards there. But number two, you are establishing a relationship with a company that you can find out early on when it's low risk, whether you can trust them or not. Because if you have the same company come out, you know, two, three, four years in a row and there's not been any issues and you've liked the experience and then one day that technician comes upstairs and says, hey, Mrs. Jones, I, unfortunately, I found what I think is a crack in the heat exchanger. We have a process where I need to get somebody out to, you know, review that and verify this, but I do need to, I need to inform you. This is what's going on. I, I don't know. You know, there's yeah. a totally different feeling to that than a guy that rolls up in a truck that's not marked, looks like he may have, you know, just come off a long weekend, you know, and, or whatever. And then he's like going around the house and you're not sure what he's doing and he's being kind of sketchy that way. So don't ignore, you know, the feelings that you have, like those, those instincts that you have internally are there for a reason. Yeah. But anyway, any <coughs> final comments or things about heat exchangers? I would just make sure the company you have come out that you do get that good feeling that you do trust. Like that's a big thing for me, you know, is yeah. if you don't feel that <coughs> there's probably something to it. Gotcha. Well, and again, make sure you're staying up on that annual maintenance so that you are able to catch those things beforehand. Whether you work with any hour services or another local company that you trust in your market or whatever, a thorough tune-up is going to be able to correct minor issues, identify potential problems, and minimize the likelihood of you having to make more expensive repairs in the future because you neglect something today. So anyway, Richard. Kevin, thanks so much for being here, sharing your experience. And to all those listening or watching, thanks so much. I hope this was helpful. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. See ya. <laughs>